I mean, we're gonna talk about. So. Let's talk, talk about Sutherland. Oh yeah, because we watched that game. Because we watched that game, we're gonna talk about the women's championship. <sighs> Champions League was awful. Barca fell asleep the entire first half. Yeah, and then it was so so bad. I was watching it, of course, on the way to Costco. Rodrigo, of course, was playing his music loud as house. It's not like I could hear anything, but it was great. Yeah, apparently she didn't miss me at all. Well, I only missed you getting up and taking the dogs out. Yeah, literally, that's my whole purpose in this relationship, <laughs> in, this, in this marriage. Is I just feed the dogs and I. Good watch job. That's it. That's all that matters. Yeah, pretty much. You know, and yeah. you got the garbage. Oh, that too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the garbage and the recycling. Which and, I and now with seasonal, I get to mow the lawn and do all the other stuff. That's too. true. You do. Yeah. Need to do that. You get to exactly. The Minnesota Football Show, your regular dose of smart, socially aware, and occasionally snarky news and commentary about local, national, and international stuff. The Minnesota Football Show co-hosts are Bridget McDowell and Sheila Reed. Produced and co-hosted by Rodrigo Sanchez Javeria and Eric Silva Renner. You can follow the Minnesota Football Show at MN Football Show on your social media platform of choice. Subscribe to and rate the Minnesota Football Show on iTunes. Welcome to another edition of the Minnesota Football Show. I am one of your co-hosts, Rodrigo Sanchez Chavarria, and I am joined by my other wonderful co-host, Bridget McDowell. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm good, man. It's uh, it's a little chilly out there, but I, I know. Yeah. <laughs> otherwise, uh, pretty decent spring day, and um, just hanging out. So yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's weird because I was I was on a language trip, and so I got to be Bemidji, and I'm a city kid. So like I don't know what to do with the lack of noise. So like it's like I'm gonna say my anxiety creeps in. It's like I like being in the outdoors. I like being in quiet areas in a sense, right? Because I like to write stuff like that. But when you're surrounded for around like thirty plus ten year olds, <laughs> it's like you know it has it has its positive and it has its um, negatives. I'm actually gonna write a story about this because. Um, there's some really, really unique characters in this whole thing, but overall, Saki had a great time. I had a great time. I saw woodpeckers. I heard loons at night, which was weird because, yeah. yeah, which I was I, like, what? I was like, okay, but I never saw them. I went to a dock and then I looked at it and I was like, um, but I mean, then I got home on Friday, prom for Issa. <laughs> then today, as we're recording, Sunday, May 22nd at 8.30 a.m., Isa Bella Sanchez Barza was born, and now she's 18. That's crazy. Right? So, yeah, I feel old, but <laughs> also accomplished, right? Because I remember when, yeah. when Nubi and I had her, I was like, man, this this is, we're going to raise an adult one day. And I'm like, here we are. <laughs> Two snaps and a finger later. We made it, right? Isa's a test. Test baby, we figured out we, <laughs> we messed it up. We got two others to fix. Yeah, no. you've learned from your mistakes. You can right. uh, yeah. perfect so, no. your form. So happy birthday, Isa! Absolutely um, happy birthday. We, we you've grown up to be a, a great human being, um, better person than I am, um, but overall just a really good pe- person. 
and because I shared I shared you that video because she coached for me because I had yes. gone and she was like and and I was like they were they were like well can you have can you ask if Issa wants to coach and I was like well Issa's never really like she's done little things like sessions but yeah. like the whole team thing she was like for like an hour and 15 I was like well she can do it I know she can so like I yeah, gave out. her the lesson plan I talked her through it it's also the first time she was driving on her own so she drove from home to the field um because Nubia and uh, G and a couple of G's friends went to the game which we'll talk about later uh and boom right she did all the things and she sent me a video and apparently all the kids want her to be your coach instead of me. So there you go, Issa. You've officially you have been job. replaced. <laughs> I've been officially replaced. All right. Good luck. Uh, the rest of the season uh, as you take over. It's like, it's like me being Rafa. No, no, who got sacked super early without knowing? Like, I feel that's why I feel like, like I just been, you know, yeah, it was Rafa. Yeah, it was Rafa. Yeah, exactly. It's just like, <laughs> I've been Rafa. That's literally what it is. That's what it feels like. They all just yeah. looked like they were having so much fun. And I know, right? They're like, all chasing. That's exactly what you want. At that age group, <laughs> yep. One of them loved playing, loved playing the game. So I mean, that's, that, that made me feel so much better. Yeah, yep. that was awesome. So I was happy about that. That was a much better day than the result that the uh, Loons got, but that's okay. We got that. But how about you? <laughs> what have you been up to? Just chilling? Yeah, not a whole lot happening here. Yeah. Uh, little cleanup to do. We we got uh, like golf ball size hail the other day. Oh, that's right. Because we were in Bemidji yeah. and we didn't get that, but we did get like a severe. You know what's that tornado movie? Right, I forget what it's Twister. called. Twister. Twister. Yeah. Yep. So there's a scene in Twister where like the the weather changes like in an instant. Right? Yep. And that's what happened to us from Bemidji, <laughs> like in an instant. And we're like, oh, okay. So we'll just we'll just go to the main oh, place good. that we're going to gather. And just like the lights were flickering. And I literally yeah. felt like I was in a bad, bad, like storm movie because like the kids kept on screaming every time the lads were grabbing. We're like, oh, ah! no. And I was like, I want to turn around and be like, relax. Okay, relax. <laughs> Just wind and rain and and we didn't, we got no hail, but I saw that you all got hail. It yeah, huge, it right? was. Yeah, I mean, through St. Paul, I think it was like smaller stuff, yeah, but it's like quarter size, no, uh, maybe dime size, yeah, like yeah. dime size, yeah. And that and that's my office is in Shoreview, and that's what we were getting there. And I left the office a little early, like once the rain and the hail stopped, and I like as I'm coming into town, actually about where the about where the park is i realized that there's like green leaves and sticks like plastering the street and i thought man that really hit hard here and i get home and there's like piles of golf ball size hail everywhere jeez <laughs> luckily no i mean no damage i think the neighbors have some like minor roof damage but uh yeah it, I- the cat was scared terrified i don't know how loud it was in here but she was hiding under a chair and didn't come out until i pulled out a couple things of food and lured her out it's like human nuts (laughs) it's the end of the world human and you want me to eat you've no idea what i've been through where have you been right um yeah so it was it was interesting but then it was it was nice after that yep 
That's exactly. I met up with someone in in White Bear for a drink, and it was really nice out. And Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so it was it was weird. I don't think I've ever seen hail that size before. Yeah, it's been a while since I've been in like a hailstorm. Like the last time I was in, I was I think on thirty six, and I had to pull over. Just like I was driving, I was like, I'm like, oh man, gotta pull over. It just let us like, out. Yeah, I remember there there have been a few years where there's some smaller stuff, like those storms that come through later at night, like when we mm-hmm. typically get the tornado warnings. But uh always like smaller stuff. Yeah, I've had to pull over a few times, but usually comes through real quick and then it's then it's done. So this was kind of weird, but oh. One funny thing that did, I did do, on, not on purpose, dur- during every meal, like uh, the language counselors play a game where like there's a mystery counselor that people have to ask questions and find out. So like there's so many meals, there's three meals a day, three days. So that's like nine counselors. There's only like yeah. seven, like there's not like six counselors. So like there's rotation, right? And so like at one point, like I think after the second rotation, after the first day, I was like, I was like, I, I just started wanting to be silly. So I started saying, yeah. uh, it's Pablo, right? Right as soon as they were asking, because <laughs> there's a council named Pablo. And then all of a sudden, like, I didn't think anything of it. And I this is the magic of 10-year-olds. Right. right? I didn't think anything of it, right? And then so the and then and then uh and then the next time at lunch, like it started picking up. It's like as soon as they were asking, like, it's Pablo, it's Pablo. Right. <laughs> and then I was like, all right. And so by the last day. Last time we had a meal, it had become, as Santi calls it, a meme. So every time anyone would ask, like, the whole lunchroom started screaming Pablo's name. Oh, my God. <laughs> and so at the last meal, guess who ends up being the mystery the mystery counselor? Pablo. Pablo. <laughs> and, the whole, and the whole, like, it's like, it's like you were, like, it's like you were at Allianz and we scored an amazing goal. Like the whole. Oh, my God. What do you just jump up and joy just scream? And I was like, wow. I was like, I, we got I can't him. That happened. <laughs> we got him. But anyways. Yeah. That's awesome. But we are here without Eric and we are going to talk about soccer at one point. Uh, yeah, but because um, we do have two loon games and a lot of stuff that's happening. Today is an important day in EPL as as you know um positions are being fought for who's going to make it into champions league the top four are being decided as we speak um you know i was watching my newcastle earlier um before halftime but you know i know i know you are as well uh bridget there's so many scenarios i don't like in the i don't know what it's called in the epl but um it's just one of those days where you have to like all the games are literally playing at the same time so it's like it's just one of those crazy things and you know other things happen in the world of soccer but um the one that we like to start off with is the u.s women national team announced their cba um negotiations have finally been um decided right yeah finalized essentially been finalized yep and so um so it, i'm trying to look to see what the, I grabbed the wrong link on this one, but um, um, so it looks like under the agreement, the U.S. Soccer becomes the first federation in the world to equalize FIFA World Cup prize money awarded to the U.S. Women National Team and the U.S. Men National Team for participation in their respective World Cup. 
Equally as important, the new CBA improved non-economic terms, including play, health, and safety, data privacy, and the need to balance responsibilities for both club and country. So something that, you know, there's been a documentary about, you know, something that um, the U.S. Women World Cup champions have been uh, been the advocates for for. I don't know, since 1994, I think, right? Yeah, <laughs> since the, <laughs> pretty much since, since the beginning. Since then, right? I mean, we have all the veterans who are now broadcasters and owners of NWSL teams that have been, you know, um, asking for for equal equal payment, but equals also equal rights. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and it was just one of those things that's been so much in the work and it's got us up and downs and, uh, you know... Uh, one of it's just been there's so many players involved not only players but like people behind the scenes who've been supporting and trying to get this passed and it's it's nice to be able to finally have something that's concrete and signed and agreed mm-hmm. upon and of course that always can be made better right it can always be made Absolutely. better and now you have a bargaining chip to have that kind of conversation and I think that's that's an important thing to celebrate all the hard work that has gone through and just overall, um, you know, looking forward to what this may lead to. Um, is this also equated with the um, with the NWSL CBA or is that a different thing? It's a different thing, but I okay. think uh, I mean, it's a lot of the same people and they're looking at a lot of the same issues. So, um I think getting the NWSL one done probably helps get this done, but uh, I thought it was really cool that they were also advocating for uh, the men's side. Like there's childcare assistance is written into the, to the women's portion, um, but they advocated to get that for the men's side as well, because obviously, um, you know, the, the men have family lives and, and uh you know, lives outside of the game and they have to deal with a lot of those things too. And the women advocated for, you know, equality across the board, not only them uh, getting some support so that they can uh, be women and mothers and have that life, but um, to give the same opportunities to the men as well. Uh, That was pretty cool that they were kind of advocating for both sides. Yeah. And I think it's also important because we, we, as a parent, I know how much childcare is, is important. Uh, and I can't imagine what it's like trying to be a professional athlete and having kids like, and it's, it's, it's got to be like, you know, your, your circle of support has to be huge in order to be able to do something like that. And like, you know, and people have been doing it prior to, you know, this agreement that childcare is important, right. That there will be, I also like, exactly. you know, um, that they, because um, we had we had this conversation when the World Cup was in Canada, right? Because it was all turf and people didn't want to play on turf, and why you know FIFA is making men play in grass always and not on turf, right? There's, and so, in the aspect of like uh, um, the section that's called best in class playing and training environments, they talk about venues and field surfaces. U.S. Soccer will provide equal quality of venues and field playing surfaces for U.S. Women National Team and U.S. Men National Team. So I think that's, to me, that's big because um, it's been a pet peeve of mine, but also to be able to see that, you know, 
you know, people will play on the same person, whether that be turf, whether that be grass. I think that's great, but hopefully it's more grass than it is turf. Right. Um, but overall, I mean, I think there's a lot of good things to be happy about here. There's some things that can be worked upon. But overall, like, you know, you know, they have parent parental leave, right? Short term disability. I mean, like these this is like a well thought out plan and I'm looking for it to always get better. But I'm also happy that this has been done because it's been coming um, a huge from, step. Yeah, it's a huge step from, you know, like I remember like a couple of years ago when the when the uh, LFG documentary came out. Right. Um, <laughs> and then we had, you know, all the legality issues that were up and down, up and down. And it was just like. And then and then we had Julie Fowdy on national TV shaming, <laughs> the, shaming the uh shaming the then president for their stand and the way that they were going to argue. I mean, it's just you know, like I, my mom has always said to me that women um are always, you know, women always lead movements. And I think that's the one thing that has always stuck with me, and it's the truth throughout history, right? I mean mm-hmm. And just just happy to be able to hear and, and see that and that there's still that that fight for equalness and treatment. And hopefully this, you know, only can only can move up from now. Right. Right. And I mean, not just for the U.S., but having some of this in place uh, will also help internationally. You know, right. having, having our women, you know, have those standards for where they're going to play. Uh, it can make things complicated internationally but um you know when it comes down to like when you go to some of these countries where they don't invest in women's soccer whatsoever um you're you're basically going to play where you're going to play um but if if fifa can uh kind of work with the u.s soccer federation and try to um promote a little bit more equity uh i think that women's national team can help out big time uh across I mean, the board fifa's got the money i mean it's time that someone oh, just yeah. broke open yeah. that piggy bank and just starts starts yeah. uh there's no wealth. reason there's no reason for all these teams to have no money right, and no facility right. and yeah. no gear and and we've talked about those stories on here where like this you know yep. national team players who pay for their own training pay for their own equipment and field time right i mean it's, yeah. it's you know all the all the teams that are um have to work so hard just to get a match up against the women the u.s women's national team right. and just just showing up for them is a win because their federation's working against them um and then yeah, you get all paid sorts of things like that right? yeah <laughs> and that will help i mean like we, we we have we've heard so many stories about this and we've talked about them on this podcast and we're just overall happy that this has got done and looking forward to to see how it's going to be implemented and what the results will be and how we can just get better, right? Absolutely. Yeah, so I think that's hopefully, like we said, other federations, um, you know, will 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 embrace that and 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 use it as a, you know, I'm looking at you, Komebo, because you talked about <laughs> improving women's game and you haven't done crap. So Everyone far. said it wasn't worth you know, the time and the effort because it just couldn't be done, but they have now proven that wrong. It can be done if you keep at it and, uh, you know, get everyone involved in the discussions. So um, it's possible. Yeah. <laughs> there are no excuses anymore. Totally. Not anymore. It's, it can be done and it's been proven. So we hope that this is the first domino to fall and 
you know, in five years from now, you know, we'll have more countries that will be embracing something like that. And, and the CBA will include in, in, in keeping improving as, as it goes on. Right. Yeah. And hopefully, you know, Comebol, CAF, AFC, you know, over in Europe, the, I'm sure Europe will, will start doing something soon, you know, after seeing this. Yeah, I think they're, a... they've been pushing a little bit more, especially yeah, I think Australia the, will too. But we'll Australia see. and the, the Women's Premier League has been um, mm-hmm. getting a bit more press. So, yeah. All right, so let's uh, move on to the other thing. We, the Loons played two games in one week. Um, and I wasn't here for one of them, which was great. Um, but I did actually get to watch it. I remember being on the Slack channel for uh, the 55-1 trying to figure out how I'm going to watch this game. And people were like, no, you got to do Valley, Valley Sports. And I was like, oh, no, I won't be able to do any of this stuff. Yeah, it was kind of but a first, game. First, we get to that game. We got to talk about um, um, last weekend's game, the Sunners versus the Loons. The Loons visited the always hated um, – <laughs> Uh, if you follow Eric Perkins, apparently he now hates the uh, the, the, the Sounders, which I, I can I can agree into to an extent, right? The the Sounders, uh, who are were were coming back from party mode, um, from winning the first CCL championship in MLS history, um, they were ready, and their starting lineup was was no joke. <laughs> this is literally. You know, it was all the people you you know should be starting without uh, Joe Paulo, uh, who is out for the season against our um, you know Robin Lugo was up top. Reynoso was the ten. Schmetzer saw Lude up top and said, "Oh, you're playing him as striker. All right, okay. check me. Okay. We'll figure <laughs> it out." Right, Fragapani on the left, who you know has been um, has been an enigma this season, right? Mm-hmm. It's not gotten that much playing time, but it's also has not produced. Has not been able to f- find uh, some way to to be the Fragapane of last of last season when he came in, right? Danladi on the right, Ariaga and Wiltrap, which still was still to me is like I don't know how many more games until these guys finally figure out what their what their roles for each other is going to be. And then we had Kamar <laughs> Lawrence, Debassi, Coleman, which we'll talk about. Uh, and Fisher, and of course, St. Clair. The subs were, of course, Miller, Hayes, Rosales, Amarilla, Hansen, Boxo, Longwane, Unu, and Taylor. Um, and I don't know. I think that first uh, first half, like, it reminded us, we just we started tr- strong trying to press, just like we did with LAFC. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there were better situations for us again it's like it's it's not that we can't create scoring opportunities it's just that we don't have a way to finish them currently exactly and i think um you know lud is probably currently our best finisher at the moment and i mean and i mean it's it's because he just puts himself in those positions and so many of the guys don't um his goal was uh, was actually a mistake from Seattle. They, uh, I think it was Nuhu, kind of got caught ball watching a little bit, failed to clear it, so it, it kind of trickles over to Lude, who it, one times it into the goal, and 
I mean, we've seen, like I said this on Twitter that night, we've seen plenty of guys just kind of walk away from those opportunities and not, um, you know, not try to follow up on the second ball or the third ball. And I think this was like the third ball, but he's, he's willing to run in there and, and, and find them and finish it and crash the goal if he needs to. And that's something that we haven't seen from anyone else. That's, that's where most of his goals come from. It's not, you know, bangers off of a cross or anything like that. Uh, it's it's just him being in the right place at the right time and mm-hmm. and watching for those opportunities. And I, and I think from the get go, I mean, like it was it was obvious that we were trying to press. And like I've like I've mentioned yeah. before in previous episodes, like if we're going to use it for if we're going to press, press is going to be an identity. Then you need to make sure that you have a finisher or someone who finished it because then those opportunities don't go to waste because yeah. all that energy is going to have to be replaced at one point. And so, and that's exactly, and we know how Seattle loves to counter and how they're extremely great at countering ball with Nico, Diaz, Morris. So damn fast. And they got that speed and they get, it's just, you know, it's, it's one, two touches, two touches, three touches, and they're already in the, in, in the box and you're trying to figure out what you're going to do. And so it, that <laughs> takes a lot. And the of, loon uh, center backs are still in the center circle. Right. <laughs> Right. And so that's the thing is like, and specifically with a group like ours that likes to use um, our fullbacks to, to press and attack, it, it leaves you vulnerable if you're, um, you know, if you're, if you're eight and you're six are not positioned correctly, it can totally turn into a 4v3 or a 4v2 easily just by switching some other fields. But yeah, like, I mean, that ball was a ball that, you know, um, Reynoso and, and Fragapane. You know, we're doing things that we've been asking them to do, which is be direct, right? Don't try to pass the ball to the side, check it to the side, you know, try to be direct. You want to be able to move the defenders. You, you, you don't really move people when you pass the ball laterally, right? It's when you mm-hmm. start penetrating into the boxes where they have to start paying more attention where other people are. And that's where mistakes can happen. And I think that's, that's one of those things, all the pushing that they were doing. And um, I think Fragapane got the, put a cross between the leg like you said and then Lou just tapped it in and that's fine and that's dandy right but the goal um, is a goal the goal is a goal doesn't matter right I mean and at halftime we were up one nothing and to be honest we, we've been in this situation before <laughs> right uh, and so don't take every time we go granted. to Seattle <laughs> yeah right and then um, second half starts right and I think um well, trap. Uh, just I don't know. Like, just I, uh, might as well just you know football tackle them. I think yeah. know, at one point, you know. And Rudias goes down. PK. Rudias scores. DSC guesses to right replacement, and right now we're tied one at one. And you could tell that that's when we were getting tired. Right. And Seattle was beginning to kind of wake up because a lot of these players that were out there really hadn't, you know, played together for like at least three or four games. I thought, right. Because for a while, you know, the U S open cup and all the other games, like they were just putting in the young kids and putting in the reserves and just, you know, they weren't really caring about the MLS as they should. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Because, because this is the league of, you know, where you can, be in last place and still make the playoffs by the end of the 
the end of the season, then at the end of the, ter- the end of the league time, you know? And so it's, it's one of those things and, you know, but you could totally tell after that goal is where, you know, we started getting slow and we started just making, making mental errors, right? Fisher got a foul in the 52nd, Ariaga in the 55th, you know, they're both yellows, right? Um, Vro comes in, Vro goes out for the, for the 16 year old, Ovel Vargas at the 61st. And then we start making our changes, trying to make the same thing. Uh, I think Reynoso got a yellow for just, I don't know, arguing, right? And then yeah. Amarilla, Amarilla comes in in the 72nd. And then in 74th, there's a goal that I, I just don't understand. Like, you let, you give, you, if you, if you want to give space to people, then give it to Kellen Rowe, right? Give it to Rowe, give mm-hmm. it to other folk, but never give it to Roldan, <laughs> who literally just has an amazing shot and nonstop 2 1. Right. Then we make our switches. Yeah. Right. Fisher goes out. Taylor goes out. Unu comes in in the 82nd. And then we were just gassed by then. There was no way we could do anything else. Uh, and uh, I think, was it in the was it in the 94th minute? Right. Um, yeah. Roldan and Rusnak and Nicolo Dero. They just, they, they were just, it was like, it was just backyard fun in that last goal. We just were nowhere. Uh, we look flat, calm and look horrible this game. Um, right. I mean, I think, you know, the bot, no, it wasn't the bossy, but boxy was sick, but you know, but available if needed to be, it's just, you know, it's just, I don't want to say a typical Minnesota United collapse against Seattle, but just something that we've seen before. That we don't take advantage yeah. of our of our chances and that's it. And then there you go, right? We lose, we lose three to one. Um, you can be happy for the effort in the first half and part of the second half, but just overall, like Seattle is a much better team, and that's, and that's, mm-hmm. and that's something that you you can't argue. And should you beat a Seattle? No, not when they're playing playing as well as they were playing that second half you shouldn't be able to beat seattle that way so uh i mean you should be able to make it difficult for them though yeah no i I agree i mean they they did in the first half that that goal was a pk it's not like a they shut down quite a few run of play attempts yep and um i mean it it could have been quite a few more (laughs) at halftime but uh yeah and then it turned into kind of the typical you know, typical collapse in the second half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing, right? Um, you can't um, you can't fault the try and the effort, but you can't fault the results. So right. So, and then at that point, you know, it was just one of those games we just didn't feel um, like we did much the second half. Right? You can be happy. But you can also be angry. Uh, and I think Keith was at one point. I'm pretty sure that locker room uh, pep talk at, at the end of the game was 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 not a happy one. Um, no one likes to lose to one team consistently. Uh-huh. Um, so there you go. Betting, I'm betting that was a pretty quiet flight home. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. Um, you know. And um, let's see. 
In other MLS news after that, just something to pick up because it was something that hit the market and everyone just went nuts after this. Um, after this rumor was that um, Lionel Messi is, is said to uh, acquire 35% of Major League Soccer into Miami and join the team in the summer of 2023. This is a rumor. I don't know if it's totally been confirmed yet. I know Messi's camps. Um, yeah, they're, they're saying it, that there's right? nothing to it. There's but nothing to that's it. Their job, so. But it's a job, right? But you know, rumor can't be a rumor unless there's some sort of started somewhere, somewhere, <laughs> right? And how great would it be to have Messi come in here, own 35 percent of the team, and play whenever the heck he wants to? I mean, he'd own, he'd own the just by doing that, right? I mean, that would be an awesome retirement thing. <laughs> It would be like, hey, <laughs> I'll train, I'll train. I won't play though. Until I mean, until I think until I think I need to like if we're losing by two right. I'm gonna come in. <laughs> Imagine if I if I start to get a little stiff on the bench I I will run into the game. Yeah. Um. Or is it gonna be another like Higuain scenario? <laughs> oh, another you know yeah yeah. <laughs> and he's just you know he's a name people can buy a shirt and uh, doesn't do a whole lot on the field. We'll see. You know. Um. And then um, let's, see. let's see. Sorry, um, that was my live reaction to uh, the table. Oh no, I don't even want to look. Doesn't look good. Doesn't look good. Uh, uh nope. and then this Wednesday, um, I was in language camp, and as I said earlier, I was trying to figure out how I was going to watch this game, um. And I ended up being that in Bemidji, the ESPN app actually works as it's supposed to. What? Yeah, I watched it on ESPN. <laughs> I was like, I was like, wait, I can actually watch. And like, like sometimes I think like, you know, I get lucky, right? And so I was like, yeah, the, the, the server probably didn't it's, think right. It's going right? to kick me out in a second yep, when it yep, figures it's gonna out. Kick me out in a second. And I was like, well, it's halftime. Okay, I'll just log out. Maybe you'll kick me out because I deserve to be kicked out. I shouldn't be this like. And no, I watched the rest of the game and I was like, <gasps> so I watched the majority of this game and dear Lord, did we like have um, so many chances. And I think as we, as we alluded to that ride home might've been super quiet from Seattle, but it also must've been super fiery in the locker room afterwards. Um, you know, and I think uh, we, that seemed that, Tend needs to happen on teams, right? You need someone to, you know, to motivate you and um, paychecks and um, depth in the starting 18 is always a way to do it. At least it's always been <laughs> for me, right? Um, and this team came up being more direct, came up trying to create opportunities and, and, and try to finish. I mean, I, I honestly thought we were the better team this time more than another time. Yeah, I agree. Um, it was it was a mess, but if you look at uh, basically the entire stat sheet, <laughs> Minnesota's ahead should have had so many goals, uh, lots of really great opportunities, and um, I think better chances created than we've seen in a while. Uh, creativity was really good. It was it was fun to watch despite the score. Um, 
but it wasn't. How do I put this? I mean, it was a, it was a decent game, but yeah, it shouldn't have. Um, it should have been so much better. Let's put it right. That way. And it wasn't that much different than we've had previously, except that um, right. Fragapane I think started on the left, right? Instead of and and, and, yeah, and, they, and they Bongi was on the right, so they swapped. Everyone else pretty much still the same. No common. Uh, Boxy was back in. Luda's our, our striker. And I think um, if we, if if this, you know, the, the, the stats show that Lude playing as a striker is, is probably the best way to have us create more chances or finish more chances. So I think instead of looking so much for a, striker that can do all that why don't you just i don't know buy really good dp wingers and some dp good some dp fullbacks that are pretty decent right and then that way you can just do what you want to do instead instead of of, cycling through new strikers only to throw him in right at the end because that's the best result right i mean he uh is now tied with um ramirez on like goals career goals for the club so it's uh obviously he's doing something right the system's kind of weird that it works for him but it doesn't work for the strikers there's obviously something different happening there when he's played at midfield um versus when he's played up top uh which is really confusing but um it works and it has worked it wasn't we all thought maybe it was a fluke last season when it seemed to work, but clearly <laughs> it's a good thing. And, and uh, he has embraced that role and makes them happen. So it's weird. Yeah. So like it was a, it, a first half that we had created more than enough opportunities. Everyone seemed to be playing. Uh, I want to say not so much cohesively, but just playing better in a sense. Yeah. Um, um, you know, Fragapane, just I don't know. Like, this is probably his best game so far this season, I think. But overall, like, I just don't know why he doesn't want to shoot the ball. <laughs> it's like I don't, I don't get that part. It's like, even me as a as a as a retired, unretired. Hopefully by this fall, my goal is to be unretired by this fall. Um, uh, play, you know, like I love just shooting the ball, just. Even if I didn't even get it on frame, like just give me a shot to shoot the ball so I can freaking, you know, just say I shot the ball, right? You know, and but I don't know, like we have too many nice guys. We just want everyone, to pass the ball everyone's off. willing to try to send one in from like 30 or 40 yards out when they have no chance, but no one wants to just take the shot when they're when they have it right there. I don't, I don't understand. Like, be selfish. <laughs> right? I mean, especially if you're a forward, right? If you're playing in the forward position, yeah. they're paying you to take as many shots. It doesn't exactly. matter if they don't there's, go in. There's no reason for Dunlady to lay it off when he's, you know, he's got a perfect near post shot. <laughs> right. Or like, you know, it's like, I, it's like, you're a forward, shoot the ball. Like, Do it. I don't care. Do it. Like, like no one's going to say, oh, yeah, that was, you know, people are going to say, oh, yeah, that was a bad shot. But people aren't going to say right. he's not trying, right? Right exactly. now, it's like we don't, we don't have people that try. Like, mm-hmm. I honestly thought Amarillo was going to be the guy that would just like 
dribble at defenders like we saw him when he was yeah. previously here. And yeah. like his game is totally changed. He's looking to link up. He's looking to get the fancy one touch back heel that no one understands he's trying to do. So <laughs> then it becomes a turnover. And it's just one of those things where you're like, what is going on? Like, like, like we need to mean, be able to communicate. We need to be able to understand what, what we're supposed to be doing. But it seems like half the field does and half the field doesn't. Yeah. And I mean, I think it doesn't help that they've literally not played a single game this season with the same 11 and any of the changes that even if it's just one or two changes, it's in a position where, um, you know, that's kind of vital to, to link that up. Uh, like will trap being out or, uh, when that's Dotson first went out, um, like there's no connection. So you're a few guys up front are doing something completely different. The left side and the right side are doing something completely different because they haven't, you know, consistently played in those roles and figured out, you know, how everyone, uh, how everyone reacts in those situations. Right. Or or you don't have the, you know, like the the soccer IQ to to figure out what what kind of see what's going on in the field and you know the experience, mm-hmm. and that's why I really think you know like like as 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 flexible as Dotson was, it is for this team. Mm-hmm. Like he's still a big piece, big piece of this team, like cohesively of what's going on on the field. He somewhat understands when he needs to go up. He somewhat understands when he needs to stay back. When he's moved around, having someone out there that you know. You know, um, which is kind of like the same level as an Ariaga in a sense, like helps if you have someone to substitute because Rosales right now is still struggling in a sense. Uh, it's more comfortable in certain situations, and that's fine because he's a young kid, right? He's he's trying to figure things out. That's fine. I think he needs to do that. I I would not mind having Rosales play some Dos Luns time, just because to just be able to build that confidence, in, yeah. yeah, and get build that confidence in for him because. In the last couple of games, he has not seen what we saw last year in a sense. And I think it has to do that he's just trying to learn and being overwhelmed, specifically when you play on LAFC, specifically when you when you face big teams, you, you have to be able to learn from that and move on. And you don't do that without getting playing time. And right now, it's just, you know, it's going to be hard to do that. And and Rosales is getting some playing time, but not, not as much. Yeah. Regardless, right, this game's going back and forth for a long time until I believe the 83rd minute where there's uh, um, there's a chicharito that heads the ball in to the box after a cross and it bounces literally off Boxel's hand to the point where like it looks like he's swinging a chicken arm. VAR goes and reviews it and it's a PK. And I love the fact that um, that St. Clair was trying to pump up the crowd because I think it was on yes. Wonder, Wonderwell side. And he's like kept yep. pumping himself up. And I'm like, all right, you go do that. You go do that. And, you know, well taken PK. Can't say much about it. But here we are again. Um, just like in Cincinnati, in a sense, like we're mm-hmm. doing all the things that we need to be. Should we should be rewarded for a game that we're playing good at uh, and just we are we're not right the other team's taking advantage and i literally thought this game was going to be another fc cincinnati where another yeah. away team just comes in and steals three points but 
Manu comes in for trap. So then we go literally almost 4-4-2 in a sense. Yeah. Um, but we, we knew we needed to press and get the goals. And I thought, I feel bad for Anu because I think uh, you can't discount the work that he did last year. He scored seven goals. He was the second scorer in our team. And I don't know where you go from from that to where you're at. I mean, if you trust Dunlady that much, then he needs to produce, right? Mm-hmm. And so far, I think it's two goals, right? I think. Um, yes. And so. Um, so that's 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 one thing you got to figure it out. I don't know, but at the 87th minute, a tired DJ Taylor, and by tired I mean really tired, because <laughs> every time. Galaxy kept on attacking. Every time there was a break, hands on the knees from a lot of defender players. A lot of players were tired. All out um, sprints to get back there. Yep. Yeah. And so props to DJ Taylor because he's been working hard. He was able to, uh, you know, beat people uh, to a ball and then literally dribble into the box. And then literally what we've been asking people to do, dribble deep and then square it back out because yep. you move the defense. And that's what happened. He's going work out. And then Lude, who's literally almost like at the top of the box, always for those type of thing movements, does like a sliding scissor kick type of thing. I don't know. And it just <laughs> goes in. And there you go. That's your game, right? I mean, at this point, you know, like at the 87th minute, right? The, um, Chicharito was already out. So you knew that their best score yeah. was, was out. So you knew what LAFC was like, yeah, we're going to get this win and be able to us save her in, in one point is an improvement over the last couple of games, but overall still trying to figure out what the right rotation for this team is and mm-hmm. what the right um, personnel as well is when you are trying to do certain things. So, Yeah, and I mean, just just watching the, the squad's reaction after this one, I mean, it was a completely different environment um, or atmosphere on the pitch after the game than, say, uh, the Cincinnati. Cincinnati game and Seattle. I mean, those games players went straight into the locker room and, and did not look, um, you know, usually there's a few of them who are happy, no matter what the result is, you know, visiting with the, with the, the other team and that kind of thing. Um, and we didn't see any of that, but, but with LA galaxy, everyone kind of stuck around on the pitch and they were talking and joking and kind of going through things and, um talking to each other too kind of broke out in groups and we're discussing it so um i think the i think the squad can pull it together uh heath as always um in his uh little closing interview with the broadcast uh said that he hopes that the the draw on the one point kind of shuts people up for a while um you know the all the hashtag teeth out people. Um, he said for a week, right? I think, right? I yeah. Think. He's, that'll keep him quiet for a week or so. I love that uh, he knows his audience. That's why I right? love that, that quote. Like, <laughs> I might not dislike Inchi. I might dislike Inchi for some of the decisions he makes in his managerial or or, or GM uh, decisions. But yeah. the fact that he knows his audience and knows that's what's, good, what's he been drops, happening. He dropped yeah. some gems out there. Yeah. yeah so um, I was like, he's dropped a lot of gems this, this year. So maybe yeah. he's in the, in the I don't give an F kind of mode anymore since he might be, uh, you know, maybe I mean, kind of. He, yeah. he seemed, he 
obviously feels safe and uh like he's he threw a few players under the bus in that interview as well so um, who was that i forget i think he mentioned boxy at one point he i don't think he named names he was kind of alluding to Uh to situations i would Um, not want to meet boxy in an alley whatsoever (laughs) he was dude boxy was fuming too but um yeah so it's just the atmosphere has been interesting to watch and uh you know the players reactions versus heath's reactions are often like total opposite Mm -hmm. um so it'll be interesting to see what happens over i mean the next week or two there's there's some big ones and um a good litmus test let's say for you know how the tone will be going into the the next two-thirds of the season uh plenty of game left as the twitter account likes to say often Uh, um (laughs) but it's gonna be uh yeah it's gonna be really interesting to see if anything actually changes or if we just continue uh playing the game this way because it does feel like it's it's a whole other game like yeah there's the game on the field and then there's all of this so yeah so let's uh wrap up this mls week um let's see um seattle kept on winning this is from the uh wednesday 518 seattle won kansas city beat colorado 2-1 nashville beat montreal 2-1 vancouver beat dallas 2-1 lafc loss to austin and then austin ended up taking the top spot We'll talk about a little bit more about um, the current race. Uh, Portland lost to San Jose 3-2. I just got to say, like, this team is going to – San Jose is going to uh, just need – I don't know who their next coach is going to be, but I, for dear Lord, would love to see what they're going to do with Bobasi. Like, you know, yeah. stop investing – like, stop trying to get, like, an international – player striker and just invest in your local ones you know why be content with not saying be content but if you can guarantee consistency of 10 to 11 goals a year a season and then you have lewd and you have other players that can add another five six six goals that's that's more manageable right i mean i've always been right so so we'll see that so you know hopefully that's something that's on the works but uh, you know, you all scored in the 31st, uh, Montero, all the people, but just regardless, there's an opportunity. Take care of it. Exactly. Um, so this past Saturday, um, which was yesterday, LAFC beat Columbus 2-0. I watched part of this Toronto DC highlights. I was so happy that Edison Flores scored a goal because he's been in such a big slump. He's, yeah. Um, and I'm happy for DC being able, but Toronto is the news here. Toronto aren't expected uh, to do much. And the fact that we will get out of tie, it was it was great for them. Uh, then there's the whole um, 2-2 versus Atlanta and Nashville uh, that was part of a um, game delay, a, the weather delay for I don't know how many hours. But also at the same time, there was, um, there was a pitch invader, right? <laughs> 
And so, uh, like, like I've known people like at here at Allianz have talked about how they want to um, want to do that and for so. But during this during this delay, there was a um, there was a fan that jumped in and literally got tackled like a football tackle and full on um, linebacker yeah. just this linebacker just sees it coming and just. <laughs> Nowhere's down their head is ready for the tackle and they exactly. were able to get this fan out. But, uh, you know, it's one of those things that you don't really like to see. Well, what else are you going to be doing when there's a game, a rain delay? <laughs> like they, I mean, they, some of the concession stands, I guess, ran out of food. Uh, there yeah. was, there was a tweet. Someone, someone added, um, whoever was doing the, the national broadcast and, and said, Hey, there's a delay. What should I, what should I eat while we're sitting on the concourse? Cause uh, very similar scenario at that stadium to um, Allianz. So everyone's kind of gathering on the, con- on the concourse under the stands. Uh, and he said to uh, go find the empanadas and, <laughs> and uh, the stadium ran out of empanadas before the weather delay. <laughs> I'm just mad that they have empanadas and we don't right. have empanadas. Right. Right. Like we're hosting Everton for a freaking game. Why can't we have like a meat pies versus empanadas right. day at the uh, audience? Yes. I mean, it's not that hard. Come on. Get the, get get the some empanadas. truck out there. Yeah, get, get the pastry get truck, get the empanada out truck there. out there. Just, just get it done. Like I'm tired <laughs> of having to, you know, be nice about it. You know, um, we're gonna have the realtors coming in sometime this summer for the MLS. Let's have the <laughs> let's have the pupusa trucks, the empanada trucks, the meat pie trucks. Let's just have like everything, everything out there, right? Even inside the stadium. I just want to be able to finally be able to just eat stuff that I actually want to eat, right. instead of paying for over overpriced um, beer and food. Because the cheapest thing I buy is popcorn. That's what yeah. literally what I do. Uh, anyways, yeah. But in this game, uh, which Nashville has scored two goals in the first half, um, Almada scores in the 26th, and then friend of the podcast, Dom Dwyer, scores in the 80th, <laughs> eighth minute um, to give Atlanta this tie. And, um, you know, it's it's just interesting how it is because if you look at the standings currently, right? Um, let's see if we look at the standings right now in the east, Philly is at number one, two is New York, Montreal of all is on the third spot, Orlando's in fourth, <laughs> New York, New York Red Bulls fifth, Cincinnati, FC Cincinnati is in sixth place. No longer a joke, folks, in a sense, and we're happy for Cincinnati. Seriously, fans. this these tables have completely just flipped around from last right? season, and I love right? it. It's crazy. Atlanta is in seventh, right? Atlanta was like in last place last than this time. New England is in eighth place. DC is just being DC right now, just in ninth. The uh, Charlotte's folks are in tenth place. It's a very funny Charlotte um, PR stunt that they did, and we're like they invited one of the charlotte players to come and do sales for tickets this is pretty funny um i nice. like that one columbus is in 11th and you know a, a year ago we were all asking you know we were all saying well two years ago we were all saying how kevin molino was going to be um 
you know, a good change for that and all our stuff and how we miss Kevin Molino. I don't think Kevin Molino seemed to pitch and like he keeps getting injured and injured. It's just not mm-hmm. been a great fit. Toronto's in 12th, Miami is in 13th, and Chicago is in last place. So oh, we're in the Western Conference before we die. LAFC is in number one with 26 points. Austin is second with 23. Dallas 22nd, who we play. Um, later on tonight, LA, LA Galaxy has got 20. Nashville in fifth place with 19. Salt Lake also in sixth place with 19. Colorado with 15 points in seventh place. Houston in eighth place with 15. Minnesota in ninth place with 15. Portland, Seattle, San Jose, Kansas City, and Vancouver all making the rest of the ranking. So Chicago may be in the bottom, but Wyatt Olmsberg scored a goal. That's right. Why Ulster's having a good season? I don't care what anyone says. And I'm happy for him because... I uh, He has been a permanent fixture in my fantasy team. It's getting you points, huh? Yep. Every single game. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I put Kellen Acosta permanently on my go. team now. Yeah. I was like, yep. That's been that's been one of the things. So, so yeah. That is your uh, MLS weekend wrap-up type of thing, and uh, we'll take a break. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about NW sales stuff, and um, we'll get into some minor internationals that were happening around, and, yeah, we'll do that. So go get your coffee or do whatever else you're doing while you're listening or driving to this <laughs> part of the podcast. Eric is um, out doing our things, but we'll be right back. Hi, this is Lisa Watch, and no, you must be tuning because I am definitely not blessing your ears in this podcast. Anyways, back to the Minnesota football show. Welcome back to the second half of the Minnesota football show. We are going to talk a little bit of the NWSL news, and we'll just dive into the most, um, I don't want to say depressing, because I looked at the table and... Uh, we'll talk about that some amount of time, but we'll just dive into the international soccer news that we rarely, Bridget and I, seem to keep on on, except for some EPL movement. That, um, so let's talk a little bit about NWSL news. Um, if we look at it right now, um, the matches today are the, see, the Courage played the Wave and the Gotham FCs played the Raising Louisvilles. The all range play the Washington Spirit Five. That should be a good game. Um, um, shout out to our friend of the podcast, Rob, or what is his nickname now? Um, Roberto, something, 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 yep. something. Um, and they probably played the Stars at six uh, earlier um, this week. The matches were. Portland Thorns tied 1-1 one, one Washington Spirit. That was kind of a boring game. And then the, the Portland Thorns lose to the Dash 2-0 yesterday. Angel City won against Kansas City. I mean, Kansas City current is not having a good season. I, I'm... No, they are not. And they they had, what, like five players out on COVID protocol? Yeah, that too. Yeah, that's... And a couple that's... of injuries. Yep, yep, yep. But in other news, um, 
the NWSL released the uh, disciplinary committee and has made the following decision after review of an incident involving the San Diego Wave um, midfielder Kelsey Turnbow that occurred in the 43rd minute on the match against Racing Louisville. After the evaluation, the committee determined that Turnbow committed unsportsmanlike conduct in violation of major game misconduct. Pretty much is um, an elbow to the face. Like... <laughs> Imagine if some of you have seen Bloodsport, right? Imagine yep. Jean-Claude Van Damme just, just getting that elbow out. It's similar to that, in a sense, right? And so Turbo has been issued a one-game suspension to be served during the next Diego, next San Diego match. Um, and so as we stand in the moment, let's look at the standings currently. Um, San Diego Waves stay top. With nine points, Angel City is with nine points in second place, right? Houston Dash, seven points, Orlando Pride, seven points. Like, this is a different table from last year. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing happened with the Thorns are in fifth place. It's in Louisville is in sixth place with five points. Early season so far, but it's interesting how things are currently. Washington mm-hmm. Spirits is in seventh place. Chicago Red Stars, eighth. Gotham FC, ninth. Well, Owl Rain is in 10th. Kansas City Current, as we talked, have not been playing very well the first three games. Um, they're in 11th place. And, of course, the the team that won the um, the NWSL Challenge Cup is in last place, so zero points. Um, as always, this is early in the season, so we'll see how things develop. Uh, but there's some really good games that are coming up as in, as in uh, part of that. Um, so then we'll go ahead and do that. Uh, let's quickly jump into some international news. Um, I'll talk about a little bit about Brazil, Goyas versus Santos. This is for you, Eric. Um, apparently now, Eric, has, not that he's found, is it Vix? Right, it's Vix, right? He watches stuff on yes. Vix now. So now yep. he watches more Goyas, uh, uh, Goyas football, football. And so um, there's a game between Goyas and Santos FC. And then the 19th minute, uh, Apote is foul, PK go, and of course, Elvis, who is like almost, he's, I think he's like 30 something. He's in mm-hmm. his 30s. Yeah. But he's still like one of the leading either assist leaders or, or goal scorers in that league right now. Uh, and and 1 0, and 1 0 at halftime, because uh, Santos is actually in third place. Um, and then they are able to hold. So that's actually a, a very, very cool thing to do. Um, and I'm pretty sure um, Eric is looking into investing in Vic's stock at this moment, <laughs> just so they can keep his, uh, his Goyas uh, free to watch as well as other things. Um, other news, uh, see Blackpool, Jake Daniels um, has come out as the only openly gay male in professional store professional footballer in the UK. So 17-year-old was able to make that decision for Blackpool uh, Football Club. Um, much, much respect and applaud. And hopefully, you know, this becomes more of a acceptable, not acceptable, but just, just normal to see, right? I mean, I just come up constantly yeah. in a sense, you know, like we've talked about it when it was first happening a couple of years ago. It's just great to be able to see someone who is um, taking that step at, at a younger age, right? Uh, we've had uh, professional players who've retired who've, who've had this conversation. 
we have a former Loon player who's still playing uh, professional soccer. Who's, but to have a young person come and do that, that that's a great, great first step. Hopefully, will be leading to more. Um, apparently, uh, in world news of Qatar or the World Cup or I don't know, like what do we want to call this crap? Seriously, like it's, I mean, it it's is cool. just crap. Yeah, <laughs> it's just crap. You know, it's FIFA and all the other stuff. But being um, so, FIFA issues a stern warning to Qatar hotels over LGBTQ discrimination, right? Which here at the Minnesota Football Show, we're like, huh? You just noticed that, huh? It's like it's like it's like we were, you know, we talked about this. Is um, you know, there's discrimination going on. FIFA, oh, FIFA released a not a study but a report a couple months earlier about you know Qatar saying that they did use uh, uh, human labor or um, more like <laughs> slave, slave labor, labor to build some of these stadiums, and those companies that did it will be will be uh, extremely reprimanded, aka cash under the table. Thing, um, you know, five dollar fine, please. That's right. It's a five dollar fine with a forty five forty five million investment into a stadium somewhere. That's exactly uh, that. No one will use, and then it will be overgrown by weeds, and no one else, you know, will ever be touched. And you know, but Qatar being Qatar, I the only thing about the World Cup that I'm looking forward to literally is just you know, hey, hopefully Peru. Gets to play in it. Um, also, um, hopefully, see, I'm very torn because it's 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 Costa Rica versus New Zealand, right? And yeah. so, like, like, do I want to watch Francisco Cavo like throw his hands up in the air for at least three <laughs> matches in the World Cup, blaming somebody else for his mistake, or do I want Boxy to score on one of those mistakes? I'm Francisco right. Cabo and have him go to the World Cup. Like that's those are my scenarios currently. I cannot pick one. Like I want both, but at the same yes. time, like we can't have that. So it's like so like I don't know. Like I hope. Like I think boxy boxy in the World Cup, New Zealand in the World Cup would be awesome. Um, you know because I don't I don't I don't think they've ever been to the World Cup. I could be wrong. Someone please correct me. Please correct me if I'm wrong. Please correct me. Send us a tweet or whatnot. Uh, or um, if you decide to slide into my DMs and I will never reply because I usually don't look at my DMs. <laughs> <laughs> Trap into his DMs where he will immediately delete. Yeah, I'll immediately delete. Um, and then, you know, I just I just can't can't make up. This is one of the things. Uh, I do know that Boxy recently released, and I saw this because I peruse peruse people the world is the word is peruse i do not stalk certain players instagram feeds okay except maybe check that's a whole different conversation but um but apparently he is releasing like a cbd oil gummy thing business mm-hmm. he's going to the business and he's and he's uh so i'm kind of like happy about that but at the same time i kind of thinking i was like they don't test for CBD at the MLS. Is that considered not a banned substance? Um, or, I saw uh, it. I was looking at the about page on that website, and it said uh, it comes in at a lower, like a lower rate that doesn't show up, like 0.003 parts or something. Oh, so it's a lower THC level then. Uh, uh, yeah. 
yeah so it doesn't it doesn't show up wow um and his i mean his wife also does uh i think she's a salesperson or a marketer for like a protein and collagen powder like the recovery protein shakes and that oh kind like of thing. the whey protein type stuff yep yep that's so crazy so, yeah but did you um, met, do you know the the untapped market it is for like professional players to be able to take gummies CBD right? gummies and not and not show up on your, uh-huh. on your weekly drug test? I mean, yeah. Boxy could hit gold. I mean, this. we've yeah, and we've seen. I mean, with the with the last Olympics, uh, with um, and I just completely blanked on her name, but there was the the track and field star who tested positive for marijuana and, and was kicked out, um, wasn't able to travel with the, the U S team. Uh, and then like two weeks later, we see that Megan Rapino has like a, a CBD sponsorship or something. So, um, it'll be interesting to kind of see the conversations around it and how that all, um, develops how much involvement and how much use, these pro athletes can actually um, can actually do uh, without repercussions or issues. Oh, but you're referring to Richardson, right? Yes, Shikari Richardson. Shikari yeah. Richardson. Yep. yep. Yeah. Um, you know, like later on, like you know, like because this dove into the whole like uh, ice skating thing when the Russians tested positive for right. Right. Seriously, like I've implored people who ask me about like doping in the games and i'm like go watch the icarus documentary exactly like you want to you're like you're wondering how this all happens just watch that like i was Uh watching that one time like i couldn't sleep and it's just strolling through my feet i'm like oh okay cool let's watch this and i was like mind blown by the fact that like it's actually like a science trying to cheat (laughs) in a sense and you're like wow Mm -hmm. that's crazy there are ways um and say to go back to your previous uh, New Zealand has qualified for two World Cups. That's awesome. 1982 in Spain and 2010 in South Africa. Uh, Look at that. Way to go, New Zealand. I apologize to our New Zealand listeners out there. I'm sure there's like 0.5 of you um, <laughs> out there. Um, or maybe they, they did exit pretty early. So it's, I mean, yeah. probably before the, the you know, early enough that we didn't really see their games on TV or, or kind of stumble into their results. So I know I Loki still won't box you to, um, absolutely to make it in. And then I kind of Loki still want Calvo to make it in chaos and just create there's, chaos and like there's throw supporting boxy. And then there's that uh, cheering for chaos. Yeah, with I know, like, that's, that's like, I know Matt Doyle wants chaos, but I, I kind of want, I, I think if, Boxy scores on Calvo and to go to the World Cup, that would probably be my best likely that would be scenario amazing. that I would love, that I would be yep. okay with, and be like, okay, that's it, that's it, and hopefully it will happen. Hopefully we'll be here, um, uh, a viewing party at the at the Blackout, or maybe I'll host my own viewing party outside. Oh, yeah. it's just in a couple of weeks, so so it could happen. All right, let's let's deal with some. Um, well, should we do? No, let's talk about some good news before we go ahead and deal with the pain. Because I <laughs> don't want to uh, deal with, with with pain right now. But um, the UEFA 
champions uh, league final for women was uh, uh, Lyon versus uh, Barca. Um, a very, very uh, awaited, you know, two of the heavyweights, right? Lyon is like the, the established heavyweight in, in the women's league. Uh, and Barcelona, like, and like, we've talked about this because Eric is now like fully into the Barcelona women's team because they're actually much better than the men's team right now. A couple <laughs> years ago, right, um, there was uh, a lot of, um, you know, Barcelona wasn't actually that great. Uh, but now in like, you know, in, in three years, three years of time, they've been able to just become one of the powerhouses in the league. So, uh, so this game was just one of those games that, um, that you were very excited to be able to see. And, um, and then it was, uh, let's see, Barcelona came out super flat. And we talked about how, like, um, for related to the loons, how like Heath is kind of wanting to use his press at the beginning of the game, and uh, Leon demonstrated how this press is supposed to be used. Um, they were able to score three goals in the first half, um, right? Uh, uh, Henri's goal was great, and six minutes in, then at the Herberger. Herbert Hergerberg um, was able to score off. Sorry, Herbert. Right. I'm not editing that out, by the way. <laughs> You'll get to enjoy the fact that my wife yells that at me. That was awesome. For, for, and, as she should, right? As she should. You, have, you have a live fact checker right, That's right. outside your door. <laughs> That's right. Um, beautiful header, second post. Those are probably the most hardest things to do. I mean, usually you want to go first post or middle. But second post is just, you know, yeah. And our own Katarina Macario scored in the 33rd minute. So, so you know, Leo, um, Barca women were able to put one um, back in the 41st minute. Um, Alexia was able to score that goal. Um, but they Barcelona had their chances, wasn't able to come back. But from a 3-1, you know, from a three goal deficit, that's, that's tough to do in the first half. So, uh, Leon prove it again, that they are the top team. And, um, you know, that's just, what else can you say? And the fact that, you know, this is a good game is a good match. Uh, my wife was trying to watch this, um, this game on our way to Costco while I was trying to drive and play music, which, that's what you do when you're in a car, you play music. Apparently, I shouldn't be doing that when there's a women's soccer on and it's being streamed in our car. So I've, I've taken that as my mental note in our, in our, oh, what's this? What's this? In our 18 years of marriage. No, it's way more than that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's she's going to send you back to Bemidji. <laughs> I don't think so. She literally like missed me. Like, that's, sense well, of like you, my duty you do to still do. have to take the dogs out that's right she's gonna so get like, <laughs> if i if there was somehow a way that i would just be here to take out the dogs and then she can send me back to the bemidji <laughs> and then come back to take out the garbage and then send me back to I mean, she might nope. actually do that teleportation. yeah there's no teleportation at this moment we're not in that multiverse multiverse yet we will be soon not enough. yet 
Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. Um, I'm not Moon Knight yet. <laughs> I can't. I can't do the Moon Knight things, right? You know, Oscar Isaac can, but I cannot at this moment. So, uh, but, but let's dive into the craziness that is um, the EPL. Uh, but first, we do that. I got to watch. Uh, uh, is the oh, geez, I'm trying to blink. Uh, Sunderlands. Thank you. There's a documentary, mm-hmm. right? Isn't there like a documentary or a movie about Sunderland? Yeah. Uh, so anyway, Sunderland played uh, the playoff finals in the third league, league three of uh, of the of the English third third tier English tier, and uh, they were walked away with a two zero win. And I've never seen like a third league championship game be that packed in my life like literally it's like seventy-two thousand people at wembley watching this game like all like 80 percent of that team 80 percent of the people were like you know sunderland supporters and to be able to watch um you know watch them do something that i've been trying to do for the last three years uh and now they get to play in the championship that, that's a pretty great moment like i was happy i was able to witness that it was a lot of fun also, the Sunderland coach literally looks like from like a 1970s. Um, I don't know what kind of movie, uh, action movie type of thing. He's got the long hair. He was wearing like I literally thought, you know, he was like, that's a great look. Keep that look all the way through the championship, please. Like trim your hair a little bit, but just keep everything else you got going. You got like the you got like the soprano kind of feeling kind of looked at it and i'm in, and i'm and i'm in love with that so i'm looking forward to that matter of fact i'm gonna actually tweet the people at um tweet people about it but just overall like overall like it's 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 been great um but now today as we talked about earlier is there's a match 38 of 38 match day for the premier league and um just a lot that was at stake to be able to to do that and i think um i'm going to let uh you grieve a little bit because it is disappointing in some of the standings that it is today uh so as i go through the the scores today uh keep that in mind folks crystal palace defeated man U, arsenal defeated everton 5-1 and everton um as of last match date were uh were out of relegation so they were they were safe and so that's great because um, that means that now the inchy to Everton is going to heat up even more. Um, Chelsea defeated Watford 2-1. Uh, Southampton lost uh, 4-1. Brentford uh, lost uh, to Leeds United 2-1. Uh, my Newcastle, uh, the oil-hungry Newcastle, the old blood money spoiled Newcastle with Miguel Almiron still playing on that team. All you... Almiron haters that said that an uh, uh, MLS player couldn't play in an EPL league because they were too tiny. Eat that. Eat crow. He's been on this team for like three years. Eat that crow. Eat that. Eat that. And then there you got Man City, which is the game that needed to matter for Liverpool. Defeats Aston Villa 3-2. That's just a crazy outcome. Tottenham 5-0 over Norwich City. Brighton 3-1 over West Ham. And of course... Liverpool 3-1 over the Wolves. Liverpool did what they needed to do, which was to win. Yep. Aston Villa just sucks. Apparently, you well, can't they, do that. 
Aston Villa was up 2-0 in like 75th, 80th minute, and City scored three to come back. So, so you're saying that Man City, so to Aston Villa and Man City is Seattle to Minnesota in a sense. In a sense, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. Yeah. Yep. Which people were wondering why this game is so important is because the, the standings at the top are just, I don't know how close they've ever been, but this is extremely close. Man's, yeah, really close. Man City is at 93 points. Liverpool at 92 points. So one point difference from championship from holding up that trophy. Chelsea, 74. Tottenham, 71. And that rounds up your, uh, your four that qualify to Champions League. Arsenal finishing fifth. Man U at six. Um, we can care less. I care less about them. My Newcastles were so close to breaking into the top 10, but we finished in the 11th. And from where we started this season, and for the people, for the blood oil people to come and buy us and just sell us, sell our souls to the devil for 11th place, I hope they're happy. Uh, I'm just happy that, you know, I get to. That my team is not relegated and I don't have to find <laughs> some other way. They'll probably ESPN right. Plus will pick up the championship. Oh, they have, I think, right? They have the championship. I think maybe. so, yeah. So I would be able to watch them there still, but still. So um, the teams that are relegated are Burnley, Watford, and Norwich City. So we should be able to see what what happens in, in next for that. And, you know, congrats to all the Everton fans who's that in 16 and, and love to to cheer the fact that they're not being able to get it because I've been there, but also to celebrate the mediocrity of this league in a sense. Um geez. Um let's uh jump into another news. Let's watch it. Uh Copa Libertadora standings. Usually Eric would take a, a nice nice chunk of time to talk about previous games and all the other stuff, but we're just right now interested in the standings. So that's what we're going to do. Group A, Palmeiras. I don't think anyone's surprised Palmeiras is the top of that. But Deportivo Tacuma, Emelec, and Independiente are currently standing, uh, right, as a standing. So I think Palmeiras, Deportivo Tacuma, and Emelec make it into the next round. Um, Libertad, Libertad in Group B, uh, Atletico PR and the strongest are the top three. Um, we'll see how this all plays out later on. Group C, Estudiante, uh, Bragatino, the Red Bulls, and Vela Sarfield are top three teams. Nacionales in the fourth. I don't know what they're going to do with that. Group D, which was uh, probably the one that I was kind of working on it. Atletico Mineiro is 11 points. Deportivo Tolima is at eight. Uh, Independiente is at five. America is at two points. So the top three might, you know, they all have to figure out what this is going to be. Group E is Deportivo Cali, Corinthians, and Boca Juniors in that order. And unfortunately, our one of our favorite Bolivian teams, always ready, apparently, is it was not ready for this round. They were not ready. <laughs> they were not ready for this round of Copa Libertadores, apparently, in the group. So Group E. Uh, and then Group F, River Plate is up top. You know what? One of the counselors. In um in this language camp they went actually three of the counselors out of the six were from Argentina, really yeah which is what I found like extremely extremely interesting and on the last day that we were doing our last lunch one of the counselors wore the River Plate jersey yes and 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 I was like all right I I was like I wasn't gonna say anything you know because 
because you, you still have access of me leaving from here. So you have the power. <laughs> I didn't want to say anything. But River plays in Group F, number one, Fortaleza, Colo Colo. And of course, my brothers and my dad's uh, Peruvian team, Alianza Lima, one point. Um, um, group G, Colón, Cerro Porteño, Olimpia, and Peñarol. Peñarol being uh, the Uruguay team that has a lot of history in Copa Libertadores, I want to say, um, is in last place. And finally, in Group H, Flamengo with 13 points, Talleres Córdoba with eight points, Universidad Católica with four, and my beloved and my team in Peru was Sporting Cristal with two. So we did one better than Alianza Lima, and that's all I really care about right now. Um, now those are your Copa Libertadores, uh, your matches that will start, um, I think, Tuesday. Right, uh, Nacional versus Bragatino, Vela Starfield versus Estudiantes, Emelec versus Independiente Petrolero, uh, Palmeiras versus Deportivo Tachira, Universidad Católica versus Talleres, Flamengo versus Sporting Cristal, the last, last leg of the, the, uh, the groups, right? So things are still up for that. Colo Colo, Fortaleza, River Plate, Alianza Lima, Cerro Porteño, Olimpia, Independiente, Valle, America. Peñarol versus Colón, Atlético Mineiro versus Deportavis to Lima, and then we can get a better sense. Um, always ready, could still be somewhat ready, but it's just not looking good. So, so yeah, I, I, you know, I, I don't know what to say about that. Just like, better luck next time, I guess. Or just do what the MLS does and just buy a bunch of Brazilian players and hopefully make it go. better. So Wednesday is a decision time. All these groups that we talked about, should we have a better understanding after that? Um, but yeah, right. I mean, it's it's crazy, right? Um, so people who already qualified to the octavos de final or the octavos, is that the quarterfinals? Yeah, or like, yeah, it's uh, Palmeiras, Estudiantes, Flamengo, Talleres, Colón, Atlético, MG, and of course, River Plate, which I mentioned earlier. Um, see, we talked about that decision day. Let's see. I, I figured, um, gosh, no, I think that's literally all I've had in that list of topics. I think that's about. what we have. Yeah, we, we need we need something though uplifting and funny to end this, uh, this moment in our podcast. Uh, and, um, Bridget, why don't you share with us what you found? <laughs> So today, uh, this morning, we have a tweet from Sydney LaRue. Uh, her kids have been playing soccer recently. Um, I think she has Cassius in an academy. Uh, so Cassius scores a goal this morning and immediately turns and does the shush signal to the crowd. Um, like mother, like son, like father, like son. Uh, there's all these videos uh, of Sydney doing the same thing uh, in the USA at Canada match a few years ago. Um, Dom Dwyer just did it uh, against Nashville this week as well. We talked about that game. Um, so yeah, if, pull up Sydney LaRue if you're looking for a laugh this morning. Uh, it's a really cute video. He's pretty proud of himself. Um, she did post like the full video of the goal as well as he did this so um yeah they're they're fun to watch if you need something someone new to follow hit up sydney larue uh always get some good 
some good kid content over the weekend. Yeah. Also, uh, we will send out this tweet, but uh, um, Lindsay Horan, you know, um, holding the, the the cup for uh, Lyon is just, you know, pretty, pretty fantastic thing to watch. So, um, yeah, yeah I, that's that's the show. Uh, I had fun um, talking about soccer and other stuff as well, too. Um, hey, we did talk about soccer. We did. Right? <laughs> and we talked about soccer that's not in this country. So yes. that's crazy. That's, you know, Eric should be extremely <laughs> proud of us. He should be. Uh, yeah. Thank you, listeners, for supporting us. If you need, uh, want to hear, want to support us some more, um, you know, patreon.com's backslash MN football show is great. Um, oh, Another fun thing that I totally forgot that we didn't think about it um, was, you know, those loons was able to. Yes. Those loons is 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 doing great things. Uh, uh, this last recent game against uh, is it Montreal, Vancouver? I think it's Vancouver, right? Uh, Vancouver, I think. Yeah, it, it was tied, and it went into PKs, and as Issa says, Freddie for the one time, for the one time, <laughs> was able to do it twice. Yes, and uh, was able to block two two PKs and then loons um, defeat literally top leader of the board and uh, in PKs and they're moving up. Minneapolis City, um, um, still still getting started in the season, but the futures are super strong, and um, it's funny or you know you're doing a good thing when like um, the clubs start picking up your hashtag you kind of created <laughs> and uh, Mutu Watch is alive and extremely alive uh, Mutu has been playing for Minneapolis City Futures being consistent, scoring goals um, you know I get kind of sad, I'm going to try to make one of these teams, one of these games out there uh, but uh, some of you may or may not know, last summer with Blackhawks uh, Mutu was actually a coach that was always practicing next to me uh, and so, like we we talked a lot, and it's uh, good kid, good coach, uh, huge thighs, like seriously. Jeez. All those he's he's an amazing player. I'm really happy for him. Maybe doing some things at, at, with the, the futures, but you hear to hear, Mutu watches back. So all you yes. all you other Minnesota soccer podcasts, I need to start paying attention about Mutu watch because it's <laughs> gonna take over your timeline, and I'll make sure that it does. So with that. Um, enjoy the weekend. We'll we'll have a uh, commentary for this upcoming game against uh, Dallas. Um, you know, number two city Dallas against uh, the Loons. We'll see what happens. We'll see what develops. Uh, please uh, also, you know, um, Bridget will be of course doing your eight word reaction, and Switch to Pitch will have other stuff as well too. Um, yeah, enjoy your day. Yeah. It's officially 18. I'm about to go cry into a bottle somewhere, hopefully, and then not look that bad at practice. Right. Um, see you guys. Thank you so much. Bye, folks. Bye.